This is Emmett. And Jessica. And you're listening to the Friendly Atheist Podcast. If you like what you're listening to, go to patreon.com slash Friendly Atheist Podcast. Hello. Hey. It's been a long week since we recorded and then everything happened as usual Uh and we have so many things to discuss. I know. Does Hemant sound better? Does he sound $100 better? (laughs) His his microphone shit out on us. It better be. We'll see if this works. (laughs) Donate to (laughs) FriendlyAtheist.com. Slash friendly atheist. So Jessica's sick. Hammond's microphone shut out. We're having a day. I will take over everything. Don't worry. We're all good here. Okay. Okay. Let's do it. Let's do this. There's, uh, in if you live in Iowa, every candidate in the world is coming to like your city mm-hmm. to do any town hall to get any attention uh-huh. to get any voters on their side before the Iowa caucuses, which is awesome if you're a progressive person and this is a year when a ton of Democrats are running, right. just like it was if you were the opposite in 2016. Right. But that also means like you have Elizabeth Warren coming to your town and you can ask her questions and everyone else too. And this week, so I mentioned Warren because she was in Cedar Falls this week. Okay. And they did this thing where, I mean, you can, I don't know how they did the raffle or something, but everyone wants to ask her a question at the town hall after she's done with her speech. And there's an activist in Iowa. He's the state director for American Atheist, Justin Scott. He put in to ask her a question and they did not pick his name. But mm-hmm. I, at some point later on, maybe after she was done speaking, they're like, you know what? We think we have time for one more question. And guess who they picked? Oh, Justin. Cool. And he said, clearly, miracle. <laughs> and so we got to ask her a question. And again, it's like, you're an atheist activist. Mm-hmm. You have Elizabeth Warren willing to answer your question, whatever it's going to be. What do you ask her about? Because everyone's going to ask her about general right. you know, political stuff. So his question to her this week... Uh, I'm going to read it basically uh, directly. Uh, uh, He says there's a huge opportunity in this election for some candidate or all the candidates to harness the power of the atheist voter. Mm -hmm. And I'm curious today if you're willing to commit to hiring a secular outreach director. Oh. And it was an interesting question because so far Pete Buttigieg is the only Democrat who's hired like full time a, a faith outreach director. Interesting. Cory Booker has done that, I believe, in South Carolina specifically. Okay. And there's nothing... I, I have no problem with that mm-hmm. as a strategy. I, I listen to some atheists be like, why do they have that at all? Because they want votes. Yeah. And for some people, they speak through the lens of faith, and it's it, it may be hard for these candidates to talk specifically about religion on the campaign trail, even to talk sense. about values. But if you have someone who says, hey, your religion cares about these issues, well, guess what? You know, Cory Booker's platform cares about these issues. Sure. And let me make sure you're aware of that because mm-hmm. we want your people turning out if you agree. Yeah. Uh, different from the Johnson Amendment where they're telling you, no, you got to vote this way. Sure. The pastor's doing that. This is the politician saying, we align with your values. Come support us. Mm-hmm. So strategically. It's a good idea for everyone to do. But again, what Justin's getting at is no no candidate ever reaches out to the non-religious. Right. Some of that is obvious. We don't gather every week. We don't gather in one place. We don't have some list of rules that we yeah. adhere to. And we don't necessarily vote en masse. Yeah, and we definitely don't vote like evangelicals do. Right. And so it's harder 
But that said, if you had a candidate who said, hey, this is my point person Mm -hmm. who is going to talk to all these groups about my plan for church-state separation and why we need strong science education and sex education and comprehensive sex ed and why we need to care about the environment Mm -hmm. and women's rights and LGBTQ rights, I mean... You're not going to reach every atheist that way, but a lot of people who are not religious care about those issues. And so I want the candidates talking about those things a lot, Mm -hmm. um, more so than maybe some other issues that they often talk about. I mean, like, I care about healthcare, but as an atheist activist or something, it's like, no, it's important. It's just not in my wheelhouse. That's in everybody's wheelhouse. So what what are you doing for me specifically? Mm -hmm. That's why I think this would be valuable. So he asked her that question. And her response was, I mean, you could see the look on her face because this was on video. Uh And her look is like, I've never considered that. That's never crossed my mind. Because you know she's had conversations about faith outreach directors, even though she has not hired one yet. Um, But she said, so that's a really interesting question, Justin. I hadn't thought of that because I don't have either one. Um, and she talks about her own faith. She's a Methodist. She brought that up. And at the very end, she's like, but I'm going to think about that, okay? It's a good point. It would be. Yeah. Um, that's not a commitment. Uh, no, but I appreci- <laughs> I do appreciate that she was presumably honest about yeah. like, huh, I just, it never occurred to me that that's a thing I would have to do. Which is what I would expect most candidates to say. Like, right. why would you care about harnessing the votes of the non-religious right. when not even Democrats have done that and in the past? maybe while she's talking, one of her people started running numbers on the nuns and yeah. saw like, oh, we're a more significant block than previously or anybody previously thought. You would think. So after the speeches were done and the questions, after the speech was done, the questions were answered. Justin, of course, got in her selfie line. They're not actually selfies. Someone's taking a photo. <laughs> but he wanted to get his photo with it's Elizabeth my Warren. Number one pet peeve. It's when people just call any picture a selfie. It sends him into flying rages. Yeah. So he got his quote unquote selfie with her. And he said that she said to him, Oh, because he's wearing his shirt. I'm an atheist. This atheist votes. Uh, That's what's on his hoodie. And she says, like, I want to connect you with my Iowa team to begin discussing this concept. Cool. Um, and so I don't know where that will lead to. Mm-hmm. But if it does, it I don't look. Like, will it change anything? I don't know. But the fact that they're just saying, "Oh yeah, atheists do vote. They have issues that most of them care about." Their community on the rise. Yeah, and by the way, like white evangelicals, I think like eighty some percent, roughly eighty percent, voted for Donald Trump in twenty sixteen. Eighty percent of white evangelicals. Yeah. Um, I think it was seventy six percent of atheists who voted for Clint, uh, Clinton. That I'm not sure if that was atheists or nuns in general. Uh-huh. But we're just as strong liberals as they are conservatives. So, again, it's foolish to leave people on the table when you're just looking for any edge you can, especially in the primary, when there are these little minor differences that Mm -hmm. you could build on. I mean, if it's up against Trump, it's like if it's so obvious why one side or the other. Right. But right now, it's like, hey, if you're looking to get a leg up on Joe Biden, Joe Biden hasn't talked to any of us. Mm-hmm. Go do something. That would be useful. Anyway, so that was awesome. And by the way, anyone in Iowa, 
these people are coming to your street every week. Why aren't you asking them these types of questions? Right. Get it on camera. They're doing these town halls. They're looking for attention. Right. So go ask them questions. And I'm almost jealous because I'm like, I want Steve Bullock to come to my front door. <laughs> and they're not because they never would. Why would they stop in Illinois? Right. But in Iowa, they're coming everywhere. So I'll give you one more. Uh, Julian Castro was doing a town hall mm-hmm. sort of thing at a local college. So Justin went to that a couple days ago as well. And this time, he asked specifically about Latinos who are atheists, huh. whatever the right word is for that. But he said, there is a stereotype that all Latinos are Catholic or all Latinos are religious. I'm curious if you could speak to the Latinos around the country and around the world that are giving up on religion, that identify as non-religious or even the scary word atheist. Mm-hmm. I'm curious how you would bring those in under your administration. And also, if you don't mind, how do you plan on working with or against the religious right as they continue their assault on basically everything, especially science? Castro's response, most of it is, it's a long answer. I won't read it all. It's mostly boilerplate uh, progressive. Uh Um, He did say, though, I would begin by saying I don't consider atheism a scary word. He respects everybody's rights, yada, yada, yada. He talks about his own faith. He did say also (laughs) the thing that he believes about faith in politics is, quote, it's been used as a wedge to teach some people that you should hate this group over here or that this group over here is the other. Mm -hmm. Um, So again, did I get anything newsy out of that? I'm not sure. But the fact that you can get these candidates on the record talking about atheism or religion in general, Justin did this in 2016. He's asking Ted Cruz, like, why should an atheist vote for you? What did Ted Cruz say? You won't and you shouldn't? (laughs) Like, I mean, that would be the obvious thing, right? Like, there's no reason for anyone who cares about atheist issues or church-state separation to support Ted Cruz. Mm -hmm. And Cruz's answer was, again, standard boilerplate political. Like, look, I support freedom of religion, blah, blah, blah. I'm not saying saying it was a good answer. But it's like, yeah, good. Get him on the record talking about this stuff because no one else is asking. They're not going to ask about this in the debate. So uh, anyway, I appreciate what Justin did. There's no reason other people can't do it. Mm -hmm. If you live in Iowa, South Carolina, any of those early voter states, Go to these things, ask them questions, get it on video, send it to me. I would love to see it. So anyway, I I was really thrilled to see him doing that. And I like getting these people on the record. Um, Totally. (laughs) We'll change subject entirely here. Did you know there's a World Series going on? I did. Yeah. There's a Major League Baseball umpire who's not working the World Series. Oh, this motherfucker. This guy. His name is Rob Drake. Uh Here's what he tweeted and then quickly pulled down. But people saw it and they took screenshots. He tweeted that he was going to buy an AR-15 rifle, quote, because if you impeach my president this way, in all caps, you will have another civil war, MAGA 2020. Civil war spelled C-I-V-A-L. So fucking good. (laughs) So anyway, so this guy's, like, the question is, what do you do with this guy? Because, yeah, he did this threat, pseudo-threat, kind of threat. Right. But also it has nothing to do with his job. He's not working the World Series. You can't really say, well, we're not going to let you work the World Series, because he wasn't anyway. Right. Even if he was, argue, you could argue, like, well, what is his tweet? Like, I don't care if he's against abortion. It does, He's an empire. Let him do his job. Yeah. There's no standard that we says We hate him you, for other reasons. Right. <laughs> Um, So right now, Major League Baseball or the umpiring people who manage the umpires, they haven't said anything other than we're investigating this. Uh, Do you you personally think it's actionable? I don't know. I don't know what their rules are about social media, and I don't know what their rules are about 
how far you can go. Sure. I imagine they, they don't have anything that says you can't share your opinions on stuff. Right. Like, you're an umpire. You have opinions and no one cares. Right. Like, that's not why I anyone an cares. I that we should get rid of umpires. Yes. But, you know, that's <laughs> like, my cool opinion. Bring on the robot umps. Yes. Right? They're, like, listen... I have strong opinions about it. They're showing to be somehow getting worse. And like they make up a strike zone. It makes me really angry. And they have the box. We can see when they make bad calls. Right, we see it on TV. And we can't overturn balls and strikes, even though we can be like, oh, look it. Here's the box that it's in. And it's over fucking here. And you yep. saw the catcher jump to get it. Like, yeah, maybe he framed it up well, but Jesus. <laughs> so I was looking up this guy. I got a little tip on this guy. And it turns out, guess what his other side job is? Um... An elementary school teacher. Close. Oh, no, it's not. Gross. Uh, he's, he runs a Christian ministry. Oh, you don't fucking say. Yeah. He's the co-founder of Calling for Christ, which is a ministry that caters specifically to umpires. You're, li- you're lying. How many umpires, percentage-wise, do you think are members of Calling for Christ in Major League Baseball and Minor League Baseball? Really and truly, I don't think I even have a firm grasp of, how, numbers. of how many, but I would say... There are, 5%. I'll give you this, 68 umps in the majors. This is really? a number from, from 2007. Okay. There are 68 umps in the majors and about 150, let's say, in the minors. Okay, I'm going to say so a that's total, 218. A total of 17. 80. Really? Again, numbers from well, 2000. That's pretty disappointing. Yeah, numbers from 2007, but we're talking like almost a third of them, more than a third of them, are in this ministry that this guy runs. Ooh, I should really revamp my talking shit strategy when I'm at the game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, they do weekly prayer calls, really? Bible studies. Um, they also, on their that's Twitter feed. That's a whole world I don't know anything right? about, I just realized. They also had a Twitter feed that said, calling for Christ, CFC, dropping it like it's hot with a picture of Snoop Dogg holding two balls. Boo. Yes, Boo. that's the right reaction. So this guy, Rob Drake, loves Jesus, and he's going to murder you if Trump wins. Okay, here's my thought. Or I'm sorry, I... if Trump uh, doesn't get away with his crimes. Yeah, okay, here's my thought. I'm of two minds. One is like... I wouldn't want to be fired for my religious and slash or political opinions. Mm-hmm. However, if I am, say, hypothetically a Dominican immigrant who's playing on a team yeah. that this man is calling is coaching, coaching, uh, umpiring. Yeah. And he sick. says, you got a strike and I didn't get a strike. Uh-huh. Like, do you feel like a, that man is being, being fair and b does that man secretly want to kill you? <laughs> like, what the fuck? Right? With an AR-15. Yeah. What Get the mass shooting it? gun and, like, go at it. Apparently, that's what happens if you do your constitutional duty yeah. and do the investigation. Yeah. Then he's going to shoot you. Yeah, that's wild. Yes. Um, and, you- again, his whole job is I can be objective and tell you... Yeah, they literally call balls and strikes. Like, that's what yeah. people he say. He plays about- God on the baseball field. Like, that is his job. And yeah. yet, his reaction to, what? They're asking questions and trying to get to the bottom of something? Yeah. Murder. Yikes, dude. That's not Man. great. So, um, judgment is his problem, and yet, that's the <laughs> one... That's it's his, his literal job. job. Uh, how do you feel about David Ross becoming the new manager of the Cubs? I am excited. I kind of am, I always too. like it when they get ex-players to do any sort of coaching. Yeah. Because they know the stuff. And 
I love Joe Madden too. Yeah. But when they bring in some random schlub from the outside who clearly has a lifetime in baseball, right. I'm like, I don't know who you are. I like David Ross. Yeah, he seems like a good one. Like, I hope he, I think that transition is going to be hard. Yeah. Although he's had two years that he's not Out. been on the team. Yeah, except he's going to have to, like, say, hey, guys, I was in the locker room with and was buddy buddy with. Yeah. Like, let you're me tell a, you why yeah. you're not playing, which is a hard thing to do. Well, and I'm, I'm curious about his um, relationship with Lester because he was his catcher for so long. And, yeah. like, I feel like they have a really tight relationship and Lester's had a cu- tough He's season. had a tough, yeah. What do you do? My God, we talked about so much sports. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's talk about periods. <laughs> Um, oh, yay. Yay. Okay, I know you're going to have to fill in the blanks here. I was going to tell you about this ahead of time, and then I'm like, screw it. I'll just tell you just while we're recording. Um, there's a brand, there's a company called Thinks with an X at the end. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what they make? Yeah, they do. Um, they make, they're called period panties. Yeah. So, so I don't own Thinks brand, but I own a similar product from a different brand because they're very expensive. So they're underwear that has like an absorbent crotch, I guess. Mm -hmm. So you can wear it when you're on your period and not necessarily have to have like a tampon or a pad in. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So they had a commercial recently. They aired a commercial a couple of weeks ago. I don't know which channels it's aired on, but it is on YouTube. And basically they said... Um, maybe it would be a lot easier to talk about these sorts of issues if men had to deal with this stuff. Yes. Right? Because men don't want to talk about it and they're just like, ew, gross, don't want to deal with it. And so the whole commercial has things like guys handing a tampon underneath the stalls in the bathroom, a guy asking like his coach. Nobody is your best friend better than like a stranger in a stall who has a (laughs) tampon for you, especially if it's like, a formal event and everybody just has like little clutches yes. instead of like their big purse. I've been there. I've been <laughs> both sides of that equation. Best friend. Bonded for life. There's a guy in the commercial talking to his dad like, it's my time. <laughs> they had a guy uh, and a girl making out and the girl's like, I'm on my period. Or the boy's like, I'm on my period. And the girl's like, me too. Then they keep making out. <laughs> Funny. And again, the whole point is just to say, look, if men had to deal with this, maybe this would just be a more acceptable sort of thing. Right. But you know what? For now, like, ladies, here you go. Whatever. Uh-huh. It. I want to make clear, this has nothing to do with transgender people. No. I wouldn't care if it was. That's right. not, I, like, whatever. But that's not what this commercial is about. They're just saying, hey, think differently. Right. Because it would be a lot easier to discuss these issues. So clever. Right. Because it's half the po- roughly half the population gets their period at some point in their life, right. but because the other half of the population tends to kind of hold the steering wheel on the national conversation, we don't get to have conversations. And like it's the that. same argument I've heard about abortion rights. It's like if men could get pregnant, abortion would be legal. There would be no question 100%. about it. Right? Yeah. Okay. So one million moms, the the group that has <laughs> three moms, they're very upset with this commercial. So, okay. Why are they pissed off at this commercial? Is it a trans thing that they think? I, they didn't say the word in their little press release protest thing. What they said is society does not need thanks to normalize periods between genders. It's bizarre and confusing, and it's damaging to young people who are already navigating the uncertainties of puberty. Men and women are different. Men do not menstruate. Ever. Period. 
Oh, I see what they yeah, did there. Yeah, you see there. what they did there. Also, yeah. gender is a construct. Um, <laughs> do you, they're sounding more... Do you remember Phil Hartman's character, Unfrozen Caveman Lawyer? Yeah, it's a stupid character. <laughs> I'm not fighting to the death for, to defend Frozen Caveman <laughs> they Lawyer. But sa- they sound like him. Like, your new world frightens and confuses <laughs> me. Like, that's what they sound like to me. So, so, yeah, they're mad. And, again, I could not understand for the life of me. What exactly are you mad about? The commercial's a thought experiment. I think they're offended by thought. Sure. And that's pretty much it. And, yeah, there was an article on Media Matters for America, I believe, that basically said they've done protests in the past, which we've talked about. They never go anywhere. Because, again, when you only have three moms, I don't know what you're going to do. But there you go. (laughs) Let's, okay, Um, more serious. Wait, can we, while we're kind of talking about... um, um, period products go on. Um, always, which is a probably more famous uh, brand of of uh, period products, it decided they were going to remove the female symbol from their products. I don't know. If Did it they was have called. like the what is it? The Greek symbol? Yeah, that like my tattoo. Oh, the, look at that! Like the Venus. It's tip. like the yeah 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 the Venus symbol. Um, so yeah, it's a cross with the circle on top. It's it's universally recognized as the female symbol. I didn't even know it was anywhere on the product, but I saw one like on the wrap, like because the pads are individually yeah. wrapped. So on the wrapper, there was like it's like Kraft a female, Singles yeah. cheese. Yes, Hemet, exactly like Kraft Singles <laughs> cheese. You really understand the human mind <laughs> and um, anatomy. <laughs> Gross! Oh no, I that's just not where I was going it. with that. No, stop. Um, but anyway, people are freaking. The, like this is so they took the symbol off. Everyone's freaking out. Yeah, just to be like more inclusive to trans men and non-binary people who also get their periods but aren't women. Um, and, like, this is peak, like, not reading the comments is self-care because people are so fucking up and it's the wildest <laughs> thing to, like, get wrapped around the axle about. Like, it's, I personally, I think I use always or I use Target brand brag. Um, <laughs> I put a gun to my head. I couldn't have told you, like, how their shit was decorated. <laughs> um, I mean, that's not the thing you're paying attention right, to Right, exactly. Time. Um, but man, oh man, people are angry about it. And it's just such a, God, the things that people get riled. Cause I don't think it was a, I don't think trans people were like boycotting always. I think just some people mentioned to them like, Hey, when you add this kind of, when you add this kind of symbology on your products, it makes people feel left out or dysphoric and that sucks. Like, and no one even cares about it. So just take it off. Right. And if genuinely, if they hadn't like announced it yeah. which i presume they did because otherwise like nobody would fucking nobody is right. like just say we did a toilet, redesign like, and looking boom. through like oh it's somebody like playing with beach ball oh it's a female <laughs> symbol what anyway um that's stupid and don't read the comments you guys but yeah <laughs> uh totally <laughs> totally different issue altogether so I was wasn't even aware this was happening, but there you go. In 2014, there was We're an Italian. More about we are not. In 2014, there was an Italian photographer. He's apparently worldwide famous. His name is Oliviero Toscani. Mm-hmm. He did an interview on a random radio show in Italy, mm-hmm. where he did his own thought experiment. I don't know why this came up in conversation, but it did. He said, hypothetically, if an alien came to our planet and walked into a Catholic church. And saw a bloody Jesus on a cross <laughs> and all these tortured saints and naked little baby angels, whatever. <laughs> that, that alien would be horrified 
And he specifically said, and I'm paraphrasing here, like going to a club devoted to masochism wouldn't be nearly that disturbing. Right. Right. Yeah, it's kind of fucked. Yeah. And so he also added in that interview that the church is a men-only club, which it is because the leadership is restricted to men only. He also said that he had been abused by a priest when he was a child. So he didn't have much love for the Catholic Church here. And for that interview, he was charged with blasphemy, which is a crime in Italy. And this week, a judge upheld that conviction. Really? Yeah. He now owes a fine of 4,000 euros, uh, 4,450 roughly in Mm. U.S. dollars. The judge also compared him to like a radical Islamic cleric uh, saying, defining Christ on the cross as someone hanged is a manifestation of the profound disrespect for the values of Christianity, disrespect comparable only to the worst propagandist language of a Muslim fundamentalist preacher. That's the judge saying that. So Toscani says he's going to appeal the decision. All these... What, hum- what are, what's the consequence? Um, to pay the fine. He doesn't want to pay the fine. Oh, so it's just a fine. It's not I like- think it's not jail time. It's just the fine, but it is a hefty fine. All these humanist groups are basically saying this is stupid. No one got hurt. He has a right to say what he wants to say. Right. But it is true that Italy is awful when it comes to, you know, freedom of speech in regards to religion. In fact, according to the U.S. Commission on International Religious Freedom, like the government watchdog of this stuff, which is currently headed up, I believe, by Tony Perkins, like the religious right guy, but they used to, they released this periodic report on blasphemy laws, and if you're a nation that has free speech everywhere, you get a score of zero. You're not on the chart. If you get a score of 80, we're talking, uh, what's the worst country in the world for this stuff? Mm. Iran. Yeah. Like, that's where you have, like, and they got a, like, 66. That's oh. where, Like, that's how this uh, range works. You have, listen to this order, from worst to better. Iran, Pakistan, Yemen, Somalia, Qatar. Egypt, Italy. Really? And then everybody else. Italy is up there with the I rest of them when it comes that. to blasphemy. Um, their law, I wonder if I could find the law somewhere, um, but it is there. The one time they changed the law mm-hmm. was, I think, 2006, maybe. 2006, they changed it because they wanted to make sure blasphemy covered non Catholic religions as well. Wow, I have no idea how to feel about that. Yeah, so... (laughs) Like, I don't know. It's I'm glad you're being more inclusive of the religions (laughs) that you don't allow anyone to criticize, but Jesus. Right, so um, all these humanist groups are like, look, just get rid of your blasphemy laws. This is insane. This is Europe. What are you doing, Europe? But it is there. And so right now this guy's going to appeal, but who knows what's going to happen. How does the U.S. fall under that... Scale. The United States is not the worst. I, I don't even think we're on this list of, like, from worst to best. Yeah. They had this chart. Uh, the United States isn't anywhere on this chart because, yeah, we can make fun of any religion we want. We're not going to get penalized In for theory. it. In theory, we're not going to get penalized. We're the not government's pe- not coming to say, our door yes. because of this podcast. Um, but if you're And if you're a major league umpire and you say stupid shit, you still get to keep your job, uh. apparently. So... Anyway. That guy totally has a Hitler youth haircut, too. Did you notice that? <laughs> I wasn't going to say it. <laughs> like a real... 
Do you want to talk about this? Pastor Greg Locke. Remember him? No. He is the pastor who said Planned Parenthood is evil, like every pastor, but Planned Parenthood is evil. You're not narrowing it down. And then someone made a donation to Planned Parenthood in his name, and Uh, he got a postcard, and he's like, makes a video, I got this postcard. Someone made a donation in my name. And then we're like, hey, everyone. Go make a donation in his name. <laughs> and then the next video is like, I got a box of postcards. Oh, my <laughs> like God. Two or three so boxes. Good. Then he's like, I'm going to go to Washington, D.C. and yell at them. And then he about staged what? about getting these postcards. And then he staged this stupid protest outside Planned Parenthood. He's like, there's a garbage bin. I'm throwing these postcards in the bin. Okay. That's exactly at the response. recycle them. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway. He's just one of those, like, he's Joshua Feuerstein, the guy who wears the backwards red hat and is just like, I'm loud and I'm oh, is large. He the Starbucks cup guy? Yes, uh-huh. who just complains about stuff in front yeah. of the camera and he's like, I'm right because How I'm Christian. Have I not tapped that market. I complain all the time. You're I not wearing that. The, ro- the wrong hat. Is the problem? I'm sure I own a hat. Um, if you just carry a gun around and wear no, your hat, no, you could take all nah. the pictures you want, and they would spread everywhere. Hard no. Um, so anyway, Greg Locke. Last week we talked about this Freedom from Religion Foundation during the Democratic debate. They aired this ad with Ron Reagan, the president, yes. old president's son, saying he's not afraid of burning in hell. And Greg Locke tweeted that night, like it's further proof that this party hates God. Like, the Democratic Party had nothing to do with the ad. Right. And also, they don't. They are religious. Yeah. Like, I wish they were godless. Everybody's religious, dude. Everybody's religious. Democrats are religious. I wish they weren't, but they are. Um, Other stuff he said, transgender people are perverts. He said that. Uh, Sexual revolution leads to homosexuality and bestiality. He allegedly oh, that's a fun next step. allegedly abused his ex-wife, though he does deny that. Okay, take that as you will. Okay, but he tweeted this stuff about the ad. And that was a strange one because he also said the ad lied about our founding fathers. And the only thing Ron Reagan says in the ad about the founding fathers is our founders wanted to keep church and state separate, which is pretty self-explanatory and like self-evident in the constitution. But Locke said the ad lied about our founding fathers. Well, Andrew Seidel, the attorney for the Freedom From Religion Foundation, has written a book called The Founding Myth about why we're not a Christian nation. So it's right up his wheelhouse here. So he tweets back, like, maybe I'll send him a copy tomorrow to somebody (laughs) else who's like, hey, Andrew, do you want to respond to this? He's like, maybe I'll send him a copy. Greg Locke chimes in, and maybe I'll sign it and send it back to you. At least then it'll have someone's name in it that actually stands against your revisionist nonsense. Because Andrew, with the facts, is the revisionist. But the David Barton types were just like, founding fathers, they were all evangelicals as we know them today. Yep, definitely. Um, So anyway, Andrew did send a copy of the book to Greg Locke. He also sent me a picture of the inscription, which is glorious. (laughs) I'm going to read it because this is what he signs on the page. Mr. Locke, there is still time to better your life. Even homophobic bigots and wife beaters can change. It's not too late. Commit your life to a pursuit of learning and truth. Let go of your hatred and fear. There is no God, and that's okay. This is not a Christian nation, and that's a good thing. Be better. Read something other than your Bible. Life is too good to waste on bad ideas. Wow. So what happened with this book? He tweeted, well, their lawyer, Andrew, sent me his book. It's a work of fiction for sure. Sure. Blah, blah, blah. Their stuff. Like, it's a work of fiction. You read through it already, and you've determined that it's a work of fiction? Yeah. 
<laughs> speed reads. He told, apparently. And then uh, this week he posted a video in which he holds the book on camera, says a bunch of stuff about like standard apologetic stuff, like atheism is a religion. Doesn't make religion look good. Atheists have more faith than Christians because it takes more faith to believe in the Big Bang than God poofing everything, I guess. Is that the last argument that right-wingers and religious people have is you're as bad as us? Yeah. That seems to be what it always comes down to. Like, you think you don't like us? Well, you're a religion. Uh, Like, dude, you're not helping your case. Anyway, after he said all this stuff that has nothing to do with the Founding Fathers, Mm -hmm. he grabs a torch and burns the book. Oh, wait, there was also this line. An atheist writing the history of America is like Planned Parenthood writing a manual on how to take care of infants. I bet they have one. Yeah, it's... <laughs> plan, wait, do you think there are no mothers at Planned Parenthood? Okay. Do you think they I, don't know how to be mothers? I want to, like, roll into this, this idea that people have of Planned Parenthoods that they're, like vigilantes who put on <laughs> ski masks and seek out pregnant women and like drag them into the Planned Parenthood. Like, I know. Planned They're Parenthood the- hates babies. <laughs> They're having a baby born like, oh, it's living. Step, 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 step. Yes, that's what they think Planned Parenthood supporters do. So he says that line, grabs the torch, sets the book on fire, um, and then like shows like close-up camera, fancy film montage oh. of the book burning, which again, it's... First of all, no person has ever been a book burner who's come out on the right side of anything. <laughs> like, when was the last time in history you're like, like that guy he... burned the books and he was the good guy here? This guy was rooting for the fire against <laughs> the Library of Alexandria. <laughs> like, he saw not he saw knowledge and he's like, oh no, no kryptonite it. must get rid he of it. Fahrenheit 451 was an instruction manual. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Like, uh, I congratulate Andrew on the free publicity here, <laughs> but basically, what the hell? I Again, notice he did not actually take apart anything Andrew said, which is backed up and cited, and Andrew mentions all of this in right. the book. Like, here's where I'm getting this from. You can read it for yourself right there. He's like, what? Your facts, like, don't mess, don't match up with what I want to believe, therefore must destroy this book. That's, by the way, it's available on Kindle. You're not going (laughs) to just burn it out of existence. Yeah. I mean, he can try. Maybe, you know what? Here's my advice for him. Keep buying books. Keep burning them. I (laughs) bet eventually you'll get them all. I will offer up all of my books for burning. (laughs) Just um, pay have me. you read that book? I keep meaning to, but I've been really on a fish. I've read pick. giant portions of it, uh-huh. especially parts that I know I'm really interested in. I thought you were um, going to say parts that mentioned me. Yeah, no. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> I mean, that's all their books. But. No, can I tell you my? There's a passage in the book. Yeah. This is my favorite. Tell me when you hear it. Many sects, Christian or otherwise, have built-in safeguards to exclude new information and the outside world, Mm -hmm. persecuting outsiders, Mm -hmm. shunning doubters, encouraging intra-faith marriages, punishing apostates, sometimes with death, homeschooling or religious schooling, gathering together to shout down the doubts on at least a weekly basis, (laughs) approving some texts and burning others. Oh, wow. Wow, I thought we were going to land on us having a podcast about shouting things down, but no, he talks about Andrew book talks about book burning as a way to suppress knowledge to, because new information might mess with your beliefs, that's pretty which good. Greg Locke might have found interesting had he read the damn book, but he didn't. 
here's the weird thing. I got a, a friend of mine who very much wanted to save me in high school or, or possibly just thought, hey, this atheist might want a good copy of the Bible, uh-huh. not like a cheapo version, yeah. and gave me a good copy of the Bible. I remember going through that and marking it up. You did not. With po- I have it at home. And with post-it notes and like little stick, like this contradicts this other part. And like, if you look at it right now, it has markings, annotations in the book. Like I was a good English student uh-huh. and like tags sticking out everywhere with different colors and everything. Oh my God. And I've, I've met other atheists who do similar things with the Bible. Like they will, that's why the whole skeptics annotated Bible exists, right? Right, right. It's, we went through it. Here's all the stuff in it mm-hmm. so you can read it for yourself and just with a little guide to Here, help you out. But my- what does this guy do? He's like, nope, not going to open it. There's a huge difference between the way both sides look at information that's supposed to contradict their worldview. How does somebody like him reconcile the Jefferson Bible with their beliefs that all, all founding fathers were super Christian? Because the Jefferson I'm Bible, not sure what Greg Locke has said about Thomas Jefferson. Yeah, Jefferson cut out the miracles and all right, the supernatural, all the supernatural stuff, stuff, kept the Jesus Because he thought stuff. Jesus was like a cool prophet and had good things to say. But I'm pretty sure Andrew like, discusses this in the book. I would know if I read it more carefully. Yeah. Um, I, I read, I went on like a founding father's kick like 10 years ago, maybe it was because you're white. Cause I'm white. Mm-hmm. God, that really, that yes, you're right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was before like the internet and yeah. I was flying. I think I was flying home from Montana and it's like a three leg flight. That's also the whitest thing. <laughs> Shut <the fuck> up. <laughs> um, it's not that white cause I flew from Montana <laughs> to Minnesota <laughs> to Illinois. Oh What's white about that? Um, but anyway, so I just like picked up a book at the library and it's, it's called Founding Brothers. It's by Joseph Ellis. Yeah. And literally the only thing I remember about it is that George Washington was really tall. Like that was my <laughs> takeaway from the whole thing. Congrats. <laughs> anyway. All right. There's. God damn it. You really do know me. <laughs> I really do. Tennessee. There's the Severe County Commission elected official. Yeah. County official. His name is, is Warren Hurst. Severe? Severe. Is it really? I'm pretty sure. Guys, you got to rebrand. Email Jessica if I'm wrong. So Warren Hurst is a member of that commission. I think it's only like three people on that commission. This is also like home of Dolly Parton everything. Yeah, Dollywood. And everyone loves Dolly Parton. Dolly Parton is like the most liked female celebrity in the world. Or at least the least unliked. (laughs) One one or the other. That's how we measure women. Yes. Least unliked. And Think so, about it. So there's her, and then there's this guy. Yeah. And this guy uh, said during a meeting, uh, I have to quote this right, we got a queer running for president if that ain't about as ugly as you can get. Oh, my God. Out of nowhere, apparently, but just trashing Buttigieg. And then later on, wait, it gets better. I'm not prejudiced. No. A white male in this country has very few rights, and they're getting took more every day. And how you know they have very few rights is we are hosting a podcast, and there are zero white men on this podcast, (laughs) so their voices are being silenced. That is true. There are no white men who do podcasts. No. (laughs) And then wait, when a local news crew was like, hey, dude, what the hell are you saying here? Are you racist? This is horrible stuff you're saying. Uh, he said, I am not racist. Wait, can you finish that line? I just don't think black people are smart. Not quite. Okay, was He I said, close? some of my best friends are African-American. God damn it. 
Yep. That would have been my number two choice. If you are a reporter and someone ever says that, the follow-up question should be, name one of your black friends. Can they come I would like to talk here? to that person. Do you have their number? Right. They, I never heard that follow-up, and I always want that follow-up. <laughs> like, all those love- Christian bigots who are like, no, I love gay people. I have a lot of gay friends. I just don't want to serve them cake. It's I like, name one gay hear- friend. Even the, I bet they're not they can, your friend. They talk they shit about one. you behind their back. Yeah, I bet they can name one, but it's like, oh, um, they're in the office next to mine or whatever, and I haven't yelled at them once. But like, I would love they to don't go talk to about. like the gay, big air quotes friend and be like, hey, what do you think of what was his name, Warren Jeff Hurst? No, Warren Hurst. Yes. Like, is that your, you know, your close personal friend, Warren? <laughs> Right, you know how you hang out all the time? and uh, Hey, did you know abortion rates are going down by a lot in Colorado? Yes, of course And why are they falling? Because birth control works. You mean it's not abortion restrictions? Yeah. That's right. Yeah. They fell from, they fell about 10% between 2014 and 2017 from 12.1 abortions per thousand women to 10.9%. It's 13.5 nationwide is the average. Oh, okay. So they've dropped significantly in Colorado. When they, sorry, when they say those percentages, is that like how many abortions happen per... Sorry, I said 12.1 abortions oh, per, per thousand sorry. women to 10.9. Got it, got it, got it, so got fewer got it. women sorry, 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 are sorry. having abortions right. in Colorado. And what's the reason for that? According to one news outlet uh, in 2017... Uh, Colorado became the third state that allowed women, including teenagers, to get oral contraception at the pharmacy without a prescription, without a doctor's note. And basically, the pharmacist had to do a relatively minor bit of training to have the ability to uh, dispense Mm -hmm. these pills. But basically, uh, you can get contraception. It's really easy. Did... Colorado also, forgive me if I'm wrong, did they also do the thing where um, if you're under 18, you can get an IUD without your parents' permission? Is that Uh, them too? That is something, yeah. IUD came up. Uh, Colorado allows women to get IUDs and even the morning after pill at pharmacies and community health clinics, all with the help of state and federal dollars. Okay. So again, if you're looking for contraception, you can get it uh, for at least relatively cheap, if not free. Right. And it's everyone has access to it. And look what happens. The abortion rates go down. And the thing I was looking for is some anti-abortion group saying, look, this is what we want. We want the abortion rate to go down. This is wonderful. Yeah. I could not find that. Maybe it exists. I'm not saying it doesn't, but I couldn't find it. And again, like you would think they'd be shouting from the rooftop, like, look, we found a way to reduce the number of abortions. Right. So let's do the thing they're doing. Right. But no, because they never care about the scientific, useful ways, because the criticism we always make is these people want to regulate women. They want to regulate sex. And they're all like, no, no, we care about the life of the fetus or whatever. Well, guess what? In Colorado, you don't... We found a solution. We found a solution. So this should be your focus. We found a good way that works that doesn't involve restrictions. It doesn't stop women from having a choice. Mm -hmm. So... I know you don't love that, but the end goal is the same. Aren't you happy we achieved the end goal? Right. Crickets. Um, yeah. It, it, you know, and it's something that's really bothered me for such a long time because it see, it feels like such a far-fetched thing to me to be like, oh, these old men are trying to control women's bodies because they talk about how women are slutty and not how men are half of that equation if they're getting pregnant or people with penises are part of that equation. 
but I don't know where else to land. If we if we've like teed up all these things, we figured out how to lower abortion rates. We figured out safe and semi permanent birth control. We figured out how to reduce STDs. What and still they won't do those things, right? And there's no push from Republicans saying, "Well, then let's make contraception accessible and free everywhere." Yeah. No, that's nowhere in their policies. And they have this weird, like talking out both sides of their mouth because they talk about how, like, oh, gun control laws won't affect gun controls because bad people will still get guns or what the fuck ever they say. Mm-hmm. Whereas they're like, "Hey, just don't have sex." Yeah, that's easy. Don't shoot people. Our work is done. But like to say like that it works for sex and doesn't work for buying a gun is such a <laughs> fucking wild like way to separate two thoughts because sex is like an actual human instinct. I don't think shooting <laughs> mass shootings are a natural human instinct. Unless you're an umpire. God damn it. <laughs> I got one for you that yeah. I'm so curious to hear your reaction on this. There is a Bible teacher named Beth Moore, very popular in evangelical circles, um, partly because she's a woman who's spreading the gospel, and you don't see a ton of that, uh, depending on the circles you're in, but she is very popular. Okay. And she's also been pretty critical of Trump uh, online and stuff like that. So anyway, there was a conference recently that featured, it was called the Truth Matters Conference, so you know it's going to be good. And one of the panelists was this guy, John MacArthur, who is a preacher on his, in his own right. And his whole shtick is that he's a traditionalist, complementarianism. Mm-hmm. Men and women are equal, but you have your role. Right. And it's like in the kitchen yeah. and making babies. And yeah. don't you dare come after my preaching yeah. job. The angel of the household, I think they used to call it. <laughs> yeah, sure. And... People have said, like, well, what do you think about female preachers? And that is the hill he's willing to die on. Uh-huh. And so during this panel, it was the dumbest question in the world, because, like, what sort of moderator does this? But they said, hey, panelists, we want you to give just very quick one, two-word answers. We're just going to say some words, and we want you to respond. They did it at the Democratic debate, too, right? Uh-huh. And so uh, the moderator's first words, Beth Moore like, hey, men on this panel, comment on this woman. Like, gross. Yeah. And what was John MacArthur's response? Go home. Fuck me. And what did the male audience do? Cheered. Cheered and laughed. He went on to say more was narcissistic and that I think the church is caving in to women preachers. There was a lot of pushback, I should say, online from plenty of people, including prominent other religious yeah, leaders. God. But the fact that like this guy gets this sort of ovation right. for basically saying, ha oh, smart woman, I will have none of this. You know, and they're like, yes, preach the truth. It's shit like this that when people talk about how like, leftist culture, PC, police, whatever is going on, it it so focuses on small individual points and not sort of the arc of our of our of our civilization. Because you see shit like this of like men are cheering for a woman to be sent home because she has the gall to talk. You see what happened the other night when a female comic was performing in New York and Herbie Weinstein showed up and she called him out and she got booed by men. Like, 
And the venue even posted an apology like we took away the heckler or I don't know if they were talking about her. Like there was a separate know. heckler well, who was like, were... you guys, there's a rapist here. And they're the... like, don't worry, we removed her. According from to what the I read, there were three women who said something and the first two got removed. I don't know if that's exactly right, but something to that extent. But like, yes, we're, ta- we're making broad strokes toward being more equitable and making women feel safe when they go to work. But realistically, on the street, it not a lot has changed. Like if you if you move outside, like your little circle of tolerance and niceness, you move into misogyny and transphobia and homophobia all super quickly. So like, let's not pretend the PC police is ruining <laughs> anything because white guys are going to be dicks no matter what. Anyway, there you go. Um, this is a story we wanted to talk about because it's been in the news, but I have a weird take on it. Oh. Um, there is a Republican, Bill Drennan. He's running for a state house seat in Virginia. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he was doing this, uh, forum with other candidates. And one of the things that I heard that he said, uh, it was this. The, the headlines everywhere was that a Republican, this guy running for office, said he wanted women who were considering abortions to get ankle bracelets. Mm-hmm. That's what the headlines... Ankle monitors. Ankle monitors. Not just like an anklet. Yeah. <laughs> the, here's what he actually said. The number of abortions... Oh, no, skipping through. He said the number of abortions is like 17,000. The number of gun deaths is 1,000. That's a ratio of 16.5 to 1. So he's suggesting abortion's a bigger problem than gun violence. And so he's saying, quote, I'm going to impose common sense restrictions on the constitutional right to an abortion. How about ankle bracelets? That's what he actually said in this forum. And this is what got people saying, like, oh, God, this Republican's worse than the other Republican. Is your take that he was exaggerating to make a point? Partly. So two things about this. One is if you watch the full video, not the 20-second clip that was online. If you watch the full video, a couple things happen. One is a couple things. None of the other candidates react to yeah, that comment. Which is wild. Which is weird because some of them are very liberal. It's not like they're... Remember there was that lady who's like, we got to preserve white people a oh, few yeah, weeks ago? yeah, and everybody's like... Ugh. Everyone on the, is like, oh my God, what yeah. did you just say? Not a single person did that here, yeah, including candidates who are his opponents who would be like, easy slam dunk mm-hmm. here. No one did that. Also... Uh, right before he says all this, he's like, let me be the contrarian and basically saying, let me say that something that would be absurd to all of you. Mm-hmm. Um, let me put that out there. And he's saying, I think in this context, because I don't want to speak for the guy because I don't like his views. Mm-hmm. But he's basically saying, look, we would never say ankle bracelets. We would never do that. That's going too far. And I think the point he's making is we don't want to go too far with gun restrictions. Right. That's the point he was making. That we wouldn't put ankle bracelets on women. That would be crazy. So he's wrong, but for a very different reason. And also, you know what he said right after he said that? That was not in that short 20-second clip. I don't think very many people would agree with that. (laughs) Yes. And the one last thing is, if you watch the full context of the video, right before he says this part of his answer, there is a weird glitch in the video where it looks like they... Went from him saying one thing to him. Yeah, like it was a cut. Now, I asked them, like, what's up with that cut? They just said, look, some video glitches, nothing intentional. 
Um, but it's possible that he said something in there that would have made this even more explicit. I asked him specifically, like, what is it that you mean to say he did not respond to me? So I just want to put that out there. So I, I think your take is, is, prob- is right and accurate. Um, and the, but the reason I still find it troubling is because um, women have dealt with this sort of comparison a whole lot. And I think it's something that not a lot of people are necessarily aware of. Not that we need to punish reason. women who want to not get abortions. Not even that. It's saying that somebody's right to own a gun equals somebody's right to not carry a pregnancy to term. As if as if my right to own a thing is the equivalent of my right to do what I want with my body, which I think is really, really damaging in the long run. Like, I, I've seen the comparison of um, of rape, of, like, oh, what was a woman wearing versus with, like, oh, if you leave a bank unlocked and somebody comes in and robs it, whose fault is it? And, like, A, it's still the robbers because they're doing the wrong thing, and B, like... I'm not a fucking bank. Like, I, my right to do with my body what I want to is not the equivalent of you owning a thing. It's not the same. And so the more we equate those two things, I think the murkier it gets. So that's, that's why, even though I, I think you're right, I think he was exaggerating to make a point, I also think, hey, mate, anytime a dude, anytime a white dude says, I'm going to be the contrarian, or I'm going to play devil's advocate, I shut the fuck down. <laughs> Because we don't need a contrarian. It's also telling that, like, this guy said something absurd, and it was so believable to oh, yeah. so many people. Because, like, yeah, that is something that, that Republicans yeah. would probably say. I just really wish men would stop using, like, my body, my bodily autonomy to, like, make their points about their, like, big guns that murder people. Because it's not the fucking same thing. Touche. This is an article I saw. This is the dumbest article, but I just laughed my ass off reading this. This lady's name is Linda Evans Shepard. She says on her website that she's written a whole bunch of books, which looks legit, like she's published a mm-hmm. bunch of stuff, whoever published them. Um, but she says they often achieve the number one position on Amazon. Position? I mean, they're ranked number one, but it's like Amazon has a lot of different kinds of number ones. Like crazy, self-help, delusional, like spiritual lady. We're the number one friendly atheist podcast. Yeah, exactly. Doesn't mean anything. But here's the article she wrote for the website Charisma, which posts all sorts of crazy Christian shit. Oh, yeah, Charisma. She said that last year, I think it was last year, when the lottery went up to like over a billion dollar jackpot, like mega millions, Uh she said... God told her the winning numbers before the lottery so drawing. She, so she won it? But she didn't play the lottery that week. And then somehow that's proof God has a plan for her. She says, mm-hmm. she said she's prayed a silly prayer to God asking her to tell her the winning numbers. Immediately, a series of numbers came to mind. I grinned. I didn't really believe they were the actual numbers that would win, so I didn't stop to play the game. But the next day, those were the very numbers that popped up on the ping pong ball drawing. If and I had played them, I would have won a billion dollars. And she wrote it down and mailed it to herself. Yeah, and right? therefore we have... I had this hot girlfriend in high school. She lived in Canada. No, you oh can't meet God. her. Oh, my God. And by the way, then she says, I, later on, she's like, God, why did you do that? And God said to her, I knew you wouldn't play the numbers. That's why I gave them to you when you asked... I wanted to show you that you can really hear my voice. Mind you, if she had a billion dollars, imagine what she could do for the ministry of Christ. But nope, 
She just gets to write a shitty article on charisma. <laughs> Drop the mic. I don't know if it's my fever or just like being done with people, but like <laughs> seriously, lady, like if you're gonna lie, think of a cooler lie than that. Uh, they she has thought of cooler lies. They are in her dozens and dozens of number one best selling books. How have I not written a book? All these idiots write books. Any you, idiot can write a book. You've written a book. I, I was gonna say I'm an idiot. So yeah, I'm gonna write a book. I guess. <laughs> What should it be about? Oh, speaking of idiots, I got one yeah. more for you, then I'm all done. Okay. Uh, 31% of white evangelicals say that there is literally nothing Donald Trump can do that would get them to lose their yeah, approval. Yeah, because they're people who have been trained their entire life to follow a leader unflinchingly and unfailingly, so of course that makes sense. Yeah. So uh, they approve of Trump, and almost nothing Trump could do could lose their approval. They think Trump is infallible. It's just such a wild way to live your life. Like a public, I think we've all been disappointed by public <clears throat> figures when they don't live up to our expectations. Um, but I can't imagine being like, oh, so and so is like the like. So like Elizabeth Warren is somebody I'm a huge fan of. I, right. I'm a supporter of hers. There's plenty she could do that I would be like, actually, never mind. I like Pete Buttigieg. What did he say? I want to appoint Supreme Court justices like, like Justice Kennedy. Yeah. Who's like, like Muslim ban? Fine. Like, I, he's well, good on he's, gay issues and he's bad on everything else. Right. He's cozying up to, Mark, to Zuckerberg or whatever. Right. Like, so, I mean, you listen. can lose my support. Right. Uh, Which he has. (laughs) His sprint towards the middle has been unimpressive to me. (laughs) This is from the Public Religion Research Institute. And again, I kind of get the, I approve of Trump, but he could lose my support, even though that's crazy, because why the hell does he, why do you approve of him? Right. That's messed up enough. But at least they're saying, yeah, but he could lose my approval. I don't know what he needs to do now that he hasn't done already. Right. But okay. Um, But 31% of white evangelicals said, yep. Shoot the guy on Fifth Avenue. Don't care. It kind of, we'll find a rationalization for murder. It kind of makes me think of a refrain I saw on Twitter a lot when the um, Jeff Epstein stuff came yeah. out, and everyone was like, "Yeah, like let's see who the fuck was was dealing with him, and like who was into like child sex work and yeah. rape and things like that." And people are like, "But what if he takes down Bill Clinton with him?" Fine, him. yeah, whatever. Fucking see you never, Clinton. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. Uh, take him. <laughs> Anyway. Yeah. 75% of white evangelicals still approve of Trump's performance in office That's somehow. Cool. Interestingly enough, I, I, I could have guessed this, but I didn't know it was this clear. Religiously unaffiliated Americans, mm-hmm. if you look at their bar of approval, disapproval, lose support, never lose support, we are, our bar is almost identical to that of black Protestants. Interesting. Yeah. Like, almost none of us support Trump unconditionally. Right. Very few of us support him with conditions. And 67% of them, 66% of us say, hate him, and he can't win our support. (laughs) Because, again, that makes sense to me. That, to me, is not the hardcore... Right, because that's building on what we know about him already. It's not like presenting a brand new Trump thing. (laughs) Because Trump can and has done things, and I'm like begrudgingly, yeah, like that was the right thing to do. Can I think of a thing off the top of my head? No, but I'm sure they exist. <laughs> so, I mean, he signed some postal stamp people can go pictures on. I don't know what he does. Anyway, 
Is that it? Ah, uh, sure. I'm good. About? Oh, abortion and same-sex marriage are both both legal in Ireland. That's pretty exciting. Yep. I think the thing there is they could have found a way to fight against it, and they're like, no, screw it. We lost this one. We'll yeah. just give it up. And so it's legal now. Yeah, free and legal, which is free and legal. Dope. So, but that's they found a way to make it even first. better than us. Right. That's not shocking. Um, Ken Ham wants people to hand out like chit tracks or whatever. Yeah. I swear to fucking... He talked about those, like, fake million-dollar bills. Yeah. I got those as a server, and nothing makes me more... Like, it makes me physically angry in a way that I could not Like, you're not just going to not give me a tip. You're going to give me a fake tip and waste my time with Jesus. Yeah. It's the worst. Um, Yeah. That's it. I'm going to get in bed and watch Pole Dark. Have fun. Um, you can uh, find me on Twitter at Blueberry, B-L-U-E-B-U-R-E. Hemet is I'm at Hemet Meta. Um, go to my shop, um, Bitches Get Stitched Done. If you uh, want to buy a cross-stitch, um, use offer code ATHEIST to get 15% off-ish of anything that I sell in the store. Um, I also make custom work. Um, Christmas is coming soon. Christmas get your coming, orders yeah, in. Yeah, I only take orders till December 1st, so I would recommend getting it then sooner or later because I will, I will close up shop if I get overwhelmed because I didn't do that the first year and it was an extremely <laughs> stressful time for me. Um, you can go to patreon.com slash friendly atheist podcast to support what we do. Um, we'll see you next week. Yeah, email us at friendly podcast at gmail.com. Hopefully I'm not sick next week. Bye. Bye.